Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Just For Sport. Jamoke Davis here, and we are live here at noon. A new time, huh? We're here at noon on the Props Network on YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook. Thank you very much for anyone who's able to uh, join us. You can join the chat. You can participate. Um, It's going to be great. Uh, And, of course, we are the Props Network, so you can bet. And you can see right here, one of the places you can bet is BetMGM. That's right. We have a, a lot to get to today. A lot of topics to talk about. Uh, first, uh, obviously, uh, we're going to go over week eight in the NFL. A lot of action there. We're mainly going to talk about the Steelers, uh, the Dolphins, uh, the Bills over the Patriots. Seahawks, Dalvin Cook, Cowboys, and of course I'm gonna get my Monday night football pick. It's a Tampa Bay Bucks at at the New York Football Giants. In our second segment, we are going to talk with Ben Bobeck again. Bo knows football. That's what we're talking about. Bo knows football. And we are going to be live with him. And he's going to join the show on a more regular basis. So I'm excited about that. Ben Bobeck, but he goes by Bo. And we came up last night, we were talking, we are like, you know what? Bo knows football. Well, college football, at least. Uh, I, I'm glad to have him joining me. And he's going to be working with me on a more regular basis. So I am excited. If you have a question or comment, please join the chat as well. Uh, It's going to be fun. So we're going to talk college football with him. Excuse me, I feel like I can't talk. Uh, We're going to talk about Trevor Lawrence, Ohio State, Texas. And then I got some NBA news that I want to talk about, some things that have happened over the weekend, a couple of articles that I read, things I've learned my devil's advocate segment. If you have another name for that, I don't know. I feel like what you you always say, oh, well, let me play devil's advocate. But I feel like I got to come up with something else in case somebody's like, ooh, I don't like you saying devil. But right now, that's what I got. That's what I got. So my devil's advocate segment will talk about uh, why I think A.J. Hinch and the Detroit Tigers are a good match. They're a good match. But should he be managing? And in sports, you don't, care about or rather you don't know about we'll talk about that as well i've got we got four topics coming up there one of them is something that i play that probably will make a lot of people cringe um but uh, hey i enjoy it so first as we get started you know for the longest time i've always kind of said well i don't like looking at how i did if I did well with my picks from the previous week, um, if I just stink, I just flat out stink, which at the same time, I mean, no one's perfect. Even the best, the best uh, odds makers and betters, you know, sometimes you have a bad week. You have bad beats, right? You have bad beats as a famous segment has been started and it's become a phrase uh, of his on ESPN on the late night show. Um, But how I did last week, I went over my picks and I said, look, Atlanta, Carolina was minus two over under was 51. 
I picked the Panthers and the over. So I was completely wrong with that game. And I was really surprised. The thing is, I'm looking at the pick as I'm making the pick and I'm writing it down and trying to decide what to do. And, and I realized Atlanta has a much better offense. But I thought the game in Carolina, uh, Teddy Bridgewater seemed to kind of do well with that offense. I know they don't have Christian McCaffrey. But, you know, I thought Panthers at home that they would get it done. But I also thought that both of these teams with, you know, decent offenses, that'd be more of a high-scoring affair. But I didn't do well on that one. Pittsburgh at Baltimore. Now, on Monday, last Monday, I said the Steelers would win. That was my gut feeling. I said Steelers are going to win. And then when I got to Thursday, I said, well, Maybe Baltimore is going to win, but I didn't like the number. Minus four, over under at 46 and a half. And I said, okay, well, even if Baltimore were to win, you still take the Steelers plus four. So I was good there, but then I also went with the under, and it was over. It was over. But it was still, you know, I still felt like I made a pretty good pick there. I made a pretty good pick there, which wasn't bad. Steelers beat the Ravens 28-24. Falcons beat the Panthers 25-17. My next game was the Jets at Kansas City, and I was shaking. I was shaking in my boots that I said KC minus 19 and a half points. That's a lot of points for any game in the NFL. They end up winning 35 to 9. I picked the over, so I was wrong there, but I did say take the Chiefs at 19 and a half, and they covered. But I did also say that I thought that Le'Veon Bell would have a good game. And yeah, they did not have a good game. Or he rather did not have a good game, excuse me. But you know, maybe at the same time, you know, who knows? Maybe Andy Reid didn't want to really throw him. It was like too obvious to say, okay, yeah, we're going to have Le'Veon Bell carry the ball. But, you know, uh, yeah, that's that's how the game went. Kansas City is who Kansas City is. And they look really good. They looked really good. New Orleans at the Chicago Bears. The Saints won in overtime 26-3. to I said take the Bears plus four. I had the over-under at 43 and a half. I took the under, so I was wrong there. But I did say take the Bears plus four. The Saints won by three. Now, what I didn't have, I didn't call the fight. I didn't have a pick for the fight. You know, that fight between Javon Wims and C.J. Gardner-Johnson. It was a middleweight chain-snatching division. That's what it was. I didn't call that fight wasn't really a prize fight. You know, they both wearing helmets. I'm like, why are you even punching at helmets? It made no sense. But I digress. It added for entertain. It added for entertainment along with the game. I mean, anytime you get an overtime game, it's pretty good. But I didn't expect Drew Brees. Drew Brees actually, you know, played better than I thought he would. You know, avoiding the rush, Khalil Mack, you know, and they got the field goal and the win. I also picked the Mumbai Indians to win, and they won by nine wickets, uh, as expected. They sit atop the division. We'll get into that later, the Indian Premier League. But that is one of my sports you don't know about. That at the end of the show, I give you an update on a sport you may not know about. In Indian Premier League, cricket, you may not know about. But it's my favorite team in cricket. Uh, why? 
Well, uh, you know, give you a little personal information about me. My father-in-law is Indian and you know, one day he came back and brought me a present from India when he went back to visit and he said, hey, I got you a jersey. I know you like sports. And he got me a Mumbai Indians jersey. And so I was like, okay, that's my team. Every team that I like has a personal connection, even in soccer, uh, which I, I don't want to go too far into. Uh, I'll save some of that. But um, I like Millwall. I like Coventry City. And I like Chelsea are my three soccer, English soccer league. So there you have it. That's how I did with my picks. Not too bad. Could have been worse. As Steve, Purry, Steve Spurrier used to say, 5-11, and 11, not very good, but not the worst team. Not the worst. Not the worst. But who knows? Maybe if you're listening, you're like, yeah, you're pretty bad. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Work in progress. The Props Network is a place where bets begin. No. The Props Network isn't a sports book. It's where smart bettors and new players go before the sports book. We're going to be talking about week eight in the NFL next. I gave you my picks. But the Props Network, that's where you can go to get a lot of this information. Why? Because the Props Network has a few things that all bettors need. Exclusive sign-up bonuses, reporting on weekly promos, free betting picks, and live odds comparisons for every game. A visit to theprocessnetwork.com before placing a bet guarantees that you'll be wagering the best available bonus and getting the biggest possible payout if your bets hit or if your bet hits. Maybe you only want to play one. But the Props Network isn't just another bonus site. We've also got great content. Follow the Props Network on social media, YouTube, and Twitch for updates all week from me on Just for Sport and the rest of the Props Network team, which, you know, got to give a shout out to my guy, Joe Walkowski on the walk-on. Love that guy. Get ready to bet with the Props Network today. It's Monday Night Football, so you can get right in it right now. You must be 21 and over to bet online. Do you or someone you know have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER today. So here we go. Week 8 in the NFL. Where should I start? We're going to start with, of course, we're going to start with the Steelers. After all, they're undefeated at 7-0. They are the best team in football. And I know if you're a Kansas City Chiefs fan or you watch the Chiefs in general, right, you're probably saying, I don't know. The Chiefs are the defending Super Bowl champions. And Patrick Mahomes is amazing. And that team is loaded and great on offense and defense. But one, they are not undefeated. They have a loss. So you kind of got to go with the Steelers, right? They beat the Baltimore Ravens, who in many people's eyes was the second best team last year. And I know we're talking about last year, but just like we're talking about Kansas City from last year, we're going to say that Baltimore was the second best team last year. And this year, the first best team is the Steelers. Maybe second best is Kansas City. Kansas City. Third best might be the Baltimore Ravens. Yes? Mike Tomlin, congratulations to him. He has the most wins in the NFL by a black head coach. He passed. His mentor and the person who gave him a shot and Tony Dungy, the key for him that's amazing is in all of his time as a head coach in the NFL, he has never had a losing season. And that's quite amazing. But in this game against the Ravens, it's all about the defense, right? It was all about the defense, especially in the first half. Next man up, Robert Spillane, spelling Devin Bush, who's out for the season. Who knew 
that he would be able to fill in so admirably. I remember admirably. I remember looking at Twitter and reading articles about, ooh, what's it going to do to the Steelers with Devin Bush being gone? He was a play caller. Even I talked about that too. But Spillane not only played well, but even in this game, he played a, in a very big, pivotal role for the for the Steelers, getting them off to the, the right start against the Ravens. A pick six to start the game. You can't beat a pick six to start the game, and he had a fumble recovery late. Recovery late. As a team, they pressured Lamar Jackson, rattled him. He had some bad throws, four turnovers, two fumbles. He just didn't quite look himself. Two fumbles in the red zone at that. And the key for me is I, I, I am looking at Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. They just don't seem like they're the, the, the same team as last year. Something is missing. Something is missing. I don't know what it is. But the key also is that it wasn't always great on defense for the Steelers. And I'll get into that a little bit um, numbers-wise. But that's the one part in the Steelers game that I do get worried about when you think about the Kansas City Chiefs. According to CBS.com, the Ravens are the first team since at least 1950 to outrush an opponent by 200-plus yards and outpass them by any amount. But they outpassed them and lose the game. They lost the game. So in many ways, they were controlling the clock. They were moving the ball down the field at will. But the Steelers' defense came up when they needed to in the red zone. And or you could say that Lamar Jackson gave up the ball. But I wouldn't go so far as say the Ravens lost the game as much as the Steelers won the game. Because I think that the Steelers' offense did just enough. They were three for three in the red zone. You can't beat that. You can't beat that. Three for three. Chase Claypool played well. Eric Ebron, they both played big roles for the Steelers in that win. But I also think that that's something that you've got to look at when you think about what's happening with Juju Smith-Schuster. Another game where he doesn't go over 100 yards, but... I also look back at that time when it was Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster going at it, you know, after Antonio Brown left, but I'm sure there were some things going on when they were both playing on the same team in the Steelers, where it was like, you're taking catches away from me. And maybe that's, I hope, I hope in many ways, Juju remembers that time when he was a younger player coming up and accepting that Chase is here and the two of them will coexist well. I would hate for it to end the way that Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster did because in many ways, I thought that was going to be a dynamic tandem, and they just it just kind of blew it all up. I noticed at the end of the game, Harbaugh was pointing to his head, um, and I'm not sure who it was towards. It could have been at the refs. It could have been at Lamar Jackson. It could have been another player on the field. You don't know, but I did notice he was like, you know, point, doing this, pointing at his head to someone. And even on that last play, the Ravens had a chance to win the game on the last play of the game. And I thought Lamar Jackson threw it, uh, in, tried to, you know, get it in between really three defenders. And it was, you know, deflected down and the Steelers went on to win. And, you know, when I think of what happened at the end of that game, it was close. It was, it was close. 28 to 24 was a very close game. And then at the end of the game, 
you hear Mike Tomlin say, I'm going to tell you what I told my team. It's a quote, quote, we did not play well today. We lack detail in a lot of areas. When you play good people, you're going to be up against it. When you don't play well, we can't allow the emotions of the moment for us to miss that fact. I'm proud of these guys. I'm proud of the fight. I'm proud of how they supported one another. But it is important that we don't lie to ourselves. We did not function well in a lot of ways today. Baltimore had a lot to do with that. End quote. And I just wanted to bring that up just at the fact that I feel like the Steelers overcame a big hurdle today. First of all, they were close to, supposed to play Baltimore um, or Tennessee, excuse me, earlier, but then Baltimore also played into that as well. But this, in many ways, was a big hurdle for them. They have two big hurdles during a regular season, and they're both Baltimore. And they got over one in Baltimore, which I think is harder to do. There were some fans there, so it's not like it was a complete empty stadium. There were some fans there. But the next big hurdle is, I guess you could say, staying undefeated is something they're going to think about. But I imagine in many ways, Mike Tomlin is probably telling that team, hey, don't focus on that. Let's focus on our next opponent. And that's understandable. But when they play Baltimore in Pittsburgh, that'll be the next big hurdle. Because they're playing NFC East. I mean, realistically, you'd almost say they could kind of coast the rest of the season. They destroyed Cleveland. Cleveland, don't worry about them, even though they have to go up to Cleveland and play them. But I feel like they're like, ah, Cleveland. Baltimore, Cincinnati, and they did get a pretty big win yesterday, which surprised many that they beat the Titans. But in many ways, I don't worry about Cincinnati either. Joe Burrow's going to be good. Joe Burrow's going to be good. But then the crazy thing is the Steelers play the NFC East. I mean, look at the NFC East right now. Win, 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 win the rest of the season. That's the Steelers. That's the rest of their season. It's just all wins against the NFC East. I just can't imagine them losing a game to the NFC East. I just don't see it. The other game that I uh, was keeping an eye on is the Bills beat the Patriots. And, of course, the headline, Cam fumbles during New England's late drive, right? In the red zone, he fumbles with an opportunity for the New England Patriots to win the game. And that's tough. That's tough. But I will say, I'm going to, and I'm going to keep saying it all season, okay? Everything that's happening with the Patriots has to fall on Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick's the one who brought Cam Newton in here, right? If you think of there was a marriage between Brady and Belichick in New England, and now that they're no longer together, so to speak. And now you're following two parallel universes, Brady's and Belichick's. I am looking at both the coach and QB as the most integral players on the field. But if I had to say there's kind of a hierarchy, I do normally put the coach over the quarterback. If you're a good coach, you can kind of, you should be able to win with any quarterback. I mean, maybe in a minority there, but I look at the New England Patriots and it's just like, okay, well, this is what you wanted, Bill. And Cam Newton just doesn't look the same. He just doesn't look the same. 
And then I add on to that with Bill Belichick that in my mind, he's never had enough skilled players on offense. And I wonder if many ways, that's one of the reasons why Tom Brady was like, I'm tired of carrying this team. Look at the number of talented, skilled players, high draft picks that Bill Belichick has had on offense. And I was looking online at a bunch of different uh, websites and rankings of the top New England players. And there's only been a handful. Julian Edelman, seventh round pick, a former quarterback. Wes Welker, undrafted. Great players. The best receivers he had, one did last very long, and Antonio Brown, the other one was Randy Moss. Of course, he had Gronk, right? Yeah, he had Gronk. And he was a great tight end. And the best running back he had is Corey Dillon. But you got to have way more offensive players for Cam Newton, I would think. He's no Tom Brady. You can't use the same formula of, eh, I'll just pick some guys. You just simply can't have that. But that's what's happening in New England. Julian Edelman's not playing. And even then, come on, Patriots fans. He was a seventh-round pick. You never thought that Julian Edelman was going to be the Julian Edelman that's probably going to go to the Hall of Fame. You didn't think that. And so with Cam Newton, you just don't have the offense. And then he gets COVID. I just don't know if he's the same. And I just – even their styles – You know, even if you want to say off the field, Cam is amazing. That dude, the way he dresses is awesome. If nothing else, outside the game, I check to see what he's wearing. Not that I could wear that. I may not be able to pull that off. But his style is pretty cool. Even that alone, you could not see Cam Newton showing up in a cutoff sweatshirt. The way that Bill Belichick does on the sideline. And that's Bill Belichick's favorite outfit. At least I I think, I feel like it is. But once again, if if you're keeping score, Tom Brady's winning. Bill Belichick is not. The Dolphins win in Tua Tunga Viola's first game. Did I say that? I feel like I just butchered it. I feel like I just butchered it. In his first game with the Miami Dolphins. Which is exciting. It's good for him. I'm happy for... Tua to get his first win. But we all know, if you don't know, and you didn't see it on Red Zone or you didn't watch the game because it was Miami, it was a defense. Tago Viola. I said it wrong. But it was a defense. Tua was only 12 of 22 for 93 yards. They got two offensive touch, non-offensive touchdowns in a 28 to 17 win. So if you take away those two touchdowns that people would say, well, there's no way that happens in the game, right? I mean, there's no way that happens in the game. A 78-yard fumble return for a touchdown and an 88-yard punt return. If those don't happen, you lose the game 17-14. But bottom lines, they won. So you got to say hats off to them. You got to say hats off to them. The Seahawks, are they flying again? Did they ever stop flying? 
I would say no. I would say no. Boy, I tell you what, though. Metcalf is a beast. Metcalf is a beast. But then again, I mean, Russell Wilson's always been a beast. But DK Metcalf may be the, I mean, arguably the best wide receiver in football. I mean, he doesn't even feel like he's a wide receiver. I feel like he's more of a tight end. I mean, that guy is, he's going to be amazing for a long time. And I think if nothing else, he has helped keep Seattle not just in games, but also relevant in some ways. I think he's kept them relevant. DK Metcalf's got speed. He's strong. I mean, he's just amazing. And they beat San Francisco 37 to 27 yesterday. And I think DK Metcalf, you know, knock on wood, he stays healthy for his entire season. He chased down the Cardinals uh, Buddha last week. He's going to be chasing down wide receiver records for uh, Randy Moss and J.R. Rice at the rate he's going. I mean, that guy is, is amazing. 12 receptions. I mean, the, the, I wish I had him on the team. 161 yards, two touchdowns. DK Metcalf, he's really good. Really good. Really good. Dalvin Cook had a four TD day. Not a big fan of the Vikings quarterback. They win 28 to 22 over the Green Bay Packers. And it was Dalvin Cook's day. Three touchdowns on the ground, one passing. They didn't have to rely on Kirk Cousins, who's, who's of course, thrown a lot of touch, uh, excuse me, a lot of interceptions in this early, the early stage of the season. I mean, I guess we're almost at the halfway point, right? This, this is almost at the halfway point. But I was surprised that the Vikings actually beat Green Bay. And then the Cowboys, the Cowboys beat the Eagles 23 to nine. And I saw an interesting stat from Ed Werder. Looking on the bright side, Ed Werder tweet. Mike McCarthy's two and six in his first eight games. Do you know the record of Tom Landry and Jimmy Johnson after their first eight games as the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys? Yeah, they were each 0-8, zero wins. So as much as I'm not a Dallas fan, and as a Washington football team fan, it's a team I definitely do not root for. Um, two and six, it's awful. It's not good. But you don't have your starting quarterback in Dak Prescott, and it could be worse. And at the same time, Tom Landry and Jimmy Johnson are both Hall of Fame coach coaches. So... Maybe Mike McCarthy will turn it around. I don't really want him to, but he might. Dallas, always America's team. Breaking America's hearts is what they're doing this season. That's what they're doing. As I just blew through all of my um, tweets here. Thank you, Ben. I forgot to change all of my captions but i'm back on track more primetime nfc east why i'm gonna give you my monday night football pick well i don't really need to 
We know who's going to win. Come on. We know exactly who we, who's going to win. It's Tampa Bay or Tampa Bay if you're a big uh, Brady fan. The Tampa Bay Bucks at the New York Giants. Tampa Bay is 5-2 and two on the season, 4-3 and three against the spread. The G-Men. I love Chris Berman. I don't know about y'all, but I love Chris Berman. I miss Chris Berman. The Giants are 1-6, 4-3 against the spread, which you would say, oh, that, that's pretty good. Yeah, but they're 0-3 at home, all right? Tampa Bay, the Bucks will win and cover. It's just a wrap. It's all Bucks. The over-under at 45, I say it, the, it's gone over the last five games between these two teams. Tom Brady, uh, I'd like to see Tom Brady against Daniel Jones in a race. At least, hopefully, Tom Brady wouldn't fall and stumble in the red zone. But I think Daniel Jones has more speed than him. But uh, over the last five games, Brady has racked up 290.8 passing yards per game with 15 passing touchdowns and only one interception. The team is rolling. They're four and two against the spread in their last six. Come on. You're going with the Bucs here. You're going with the Bucs here. Okay. Coming up, Bo knows football. Ben Boback is back. And we're going to talk college football, Ohio State over Penn State. We're going to talk about Trevor Lawrence, and we're going to talk about the Big 12. They might be in trouble here. They might be in trouble. Yeah, I think they're, yeah, yeah, there's a good chance they're in trouble. Why? Well, you got to find out. BetMGM is the new online sports book that is taking over the online betting nation. Not only does BetMGM have some of the best odds on all the major sports, but they also offer some of the industry's strongest weekly promos. This week at BetMGM, you can get a free $20 in-play wager when you bet $50 or more on any live NFL game. Or, or you can get up to $100 in free bets in the free-to-play Pick 3 First Touchdown NFL Challenge. And as always, you'll get a $10 free bet in the Money Monday Club. It's the Money Monday. Money Monday right now. But that's not all. Right now, I bet MGM has a special signing bonus for the Props Network listeners and viewers watching on our live stream. Thank you. All you have to do is create a new account at BetMGM and use the code JUSTSPORT20 to get a 100% match on your first deposit up to $500. That's right. Just enter code JUSTSPORT20, or just for sport here, and up to a $500 bonus bake roll is yours. $500. You must be 21 or over to bet. Do you or someone you know have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER today. All right, we're bringing on Ben Bobeck here. Hi, Ben. How you doing? He's getting ready for the show. How are you today, Ben? I can't hear you. Can I hear you? Ready to roll. Ready to okay. roll. Thanks. Okay. I'll be back. Uh, I, I am excited to have you on here. We got a lot to get to with college football. Okay, let's first start with Ohio State, 48-25 win over Penn State. In your mind, was this what you expected? I mean, you said Ohio State would roll, but Penn State kept it closer than I actually thought they would. 
Yeah, you do have to give Penn State uh, a little bit of credit for, you know, making making everybody sweat the line a little down there at the end. And, you know, opened at 12, closed at 10 and a half. So, again, was a, was a few scares when it came to uh, maybe a backdoor cover there for the Nittany Lions. But, you know, I really was impressed by the complete game that Justin Fields and Ohio State put out there in Happy Valley. Um, you know, the, the offense and Chris Olave never seemed to, to miss a beat. The defense, you know, dominated. I give Sean Clifford maybe a little bit more credit than I normally would have. He didn't look terrible throwing the ball, which was a positive for him. I thought he would be, you know, limited to having to rely on the ground game. And, you know, with two of their starting running backs out, I thought that would be a weakness for Penn State. But, you know, I mean, you think about that one incredible touchdown catch, the one-handed just absolute snag out of the air Penn State had. You know, they hung around. They stuck in there. But that's what they're expected to do. You know, these, this fan base expects James Franklin to have a championship-caliber team every year. And it just didn't look like they were anywhere near the same level at Ohio State. You give them credit for sticking around. But I just don't think they were ever really in that game at all. I I didn't think they were in that game at all, but I but at the same time I thought I mean I guess I thought going into the game that being in Happy Valley, both teams only having played one game, you know I, I guess maybe in some ways it was the unfortunate, um, how should I say? Because the thing is Indiana they look to be a good football team now. It really wasn't a fluke that they beat Penn State when going into that game. I was like, oh, Penn State's going to beat Indiana. But Indiana looks good. But I'm sure that was a heartbreaking loss for Penn State. And maybe they just didn't recover from that game. Yeah, it's certainly a hard thing to do to bounce back from a loss like that, breaking fashion, controversial fashion, even if you ask the Penn State fans, given – you know, whether or not Indiana quarterback Michael Penix Jr. actually crossed the plane on that two-point conversion. And it's especially hard to bounce back to it against the number three team in the country, a true championship contender in Ohio State. Ryan Day has that team rolling. They look like, you know, they could really run the table in the Big Ten. Um, they have a tough game next week against Rutgers. Uh, that should be an interesting one. Um, but, uh, you know, Penn State – has got to get it together. You know, like we've talked about before on the show, there's only eight games this season, and you got to play them back to back to back. They've got to get it back together pretty quickly. Otherwise, it could be trouble on the rest of that team. Uh, what is going to be trouble for the Big 12 is Oklahoma State losing to Texas 41-34. to Oklahoma State was the last undefeated team in the Big 12. Why is this so bad for the Big 12, Bo? Well, in a year in a year where there's questions about whether the Big 10 is going to deserve a playoff spot, whether the Pac-12 is going to deserve a playoff spot given their limited schedules, this was a great shot for Big 12 football to get back to the playoff. They've been embarrassed. Pretty much everyone's been there with Oklahoma getting blown out. Finally, you have Mike Gundy, Chubba Hubbard, and Pokes getting an opportunity to prove that they're also – a championship contender down there. And what do you know? Texas comes in to Stillwater and blows them out of the water. A fascinating overtime game. Uh, you know, I think that Oklahoma State team is still very good. You know, the offense is 
really explosive at times, but they just didn't have the defense to shut down Sam Ellinger and the Longhorns at the end of that game. And they're going to. Uh, another team that's suffering mightily, and may, maybe not, but I, you know, I I'd, I'd say that they are is the Clemson Tigers. Trevor Lawrence uh, loses to COVID, so to speak. He gets COVID. Bama is breathing on their neck with that uh, sitting atop the college football rankings, and now we hear that Trevor Lawrence is out for Notre Dame. Uh, how do you see that game playing out? Um, and they have a great true freshman in that quarterback, but he's got a big game coming up against Notre Dame. Yeah, we're going to get a great opportunity to see how DJ Uyangalele really plays against top competition. He struggled a little. I don't want to say he struggled a little bit. It was kind of a you know, team wishy-washy enough for Clemson. Of course, going into halftime, down a couple scores against Boston College. Pittsburgh native Phil Jerkovic looked fantastic for the Eagles. Jeff Halfley, you have to give him credit in his first season up there. He's done a fantastic job turning that BC program around. There's a reason they were competitive last week. They're going to be competitive in the ACC for years to come. But when it comes to Clemson, I was a little bit surprised, you know, that Alabama didn't end up jumping them in the AP poll this week. I thought maybe given the impressive blowout wins Alabama has put up consistently, you know, we talked about that impressive performance over Georgia two weeks ago. I thought maybe voters would decide that, hey, Alabama right now with a Trevor Lawrence list, Clemson is the number one team in the country. And we're going to see the Tigers are going to earn their stripes next week against Notre Dame. This is you know, I've been a doubter of Ian Book and the Irish, but this is still a very good Notre Dame team. They haven't given up more than 14 points uh, in five or six games off the top of my head. I think that's right. Um, you know, coming off a, another dominating ACC over Georgia Tech, and you almost want to feel sorry for Notre Dame. You know, this is a team that has been successful for so long under Brian Kelly, but they've always had those questions asked because they're an independent They've always had, you know, the issue raised where, oh, you're not playing a conference schedule. Your undefeated teams don't really count. You know, when you do go undefeated, you end up losing big to Alabama in the BCS game in 2012. You end up getting wiped by Lawrence and Clemson three years ago in the playoff. Now they're in the ACC. They're finally playing that, oh, it's a shortened schedule. Oh, you finally get to go get up against the number one team in the country in the regular season. They're missing the best player in college football. Tough luck, Irish. It is tough luck for the Irish. I actually am hoping someday they're just going to join the ACC. Uh, I, in some ways, I'm even surprised that, you know, college football really could have taken an opportunity, or rather, if it wasn't the ACC, it probably the Big Ten would have said, oh, you can come and play in our conference. But for the ACC or any of the conferences say, no, you can't come and play with us just because of COVID. Now you want to join the conference for a year, and then you want to get back out of the conference because you're not, you feel like, the ACC is not worthy of having Notre Dame in it. I find that ridiculous. But back to Trevor Lawrence, you know, my concern when I heard about this is as none of us understand really about this pandemic, you know, not even a doctor can tell you 100% what the long-term effects of the coronavirus, what it has on your body, young, old, kids, adults. Bottom line is you don't know. 
And Trevor will probably never want to tell anybody, but I wonder what this will do to his draft stock. Probably nothing. But what if, you know, three, four weeks from now, he's realizing, hey, I just can't run the same. I have breathing problems, you know, yeah. and, and it is something that is a long term effect. And, and it's sad because I, I hate that for someone of his caliber who and not that, you know, oh, he's he's better than the other number one picks in the past as much as just somebody who has such a bright future ahead of them to catch COVID. And and, you know, he may not ever be the same. Yeah, I mean, look, you raised the medical question. Justin Fields was trying to assert himself as, you know, maybe not one, the number one quarterback, but 1B. You know, he wants to prove that he's right up there with Lawrence, and now he's going to get an extra games on Lawrence while Lawrence is lined by this disease. And, of course, you know, like you said, we just don't know. We've seen so many athletes, um, you know, sidelined, Longer than just the you know two weeks twenty one days their conference is mandating for for you know spread mitigation we've seen because of the serious medical impacts disease leaves behind and it's just a massive question mark you know there's already been you know perhaps a little more joking questions raised about whether Lawrence will stick around you know in Clemson next season. If, if he's not medically cleared to resume football activities for mm-hmm. a significant period of time this year, maybe that's something that comes into you know, more serious consideration for him just to give himself more time to recuperate, give more time to kind of work back to the speed of college football or trying to make that jump to the next level in the NFL. Yeah, I, I actually, you know, I, I, the weird thing for me is I feel like as I was listening to my podcast on Thursday again, I didn't say one of the things that I wanted to say in my notes. And it was it was more about, I feel like, you know, people are saying, oh, maybe he's going to pull um, a Eli Manning and turn his nose to the Jets and say, no, I want to play somewhere else. But I'm like, but wait a minute, it's New York. Whether it's Jets or Giants, you want to go to the biggest market where you can have the most visibility, make the most money with endorsements and things like that. And you want to play on the biggest stage. Is there a bigger stage in New York? I mean, the NFL, I mean, I know there are a lot of great teams, but I feel like New York is New York. Who knows? Maybe he could Go ahead. I mean, yeah, you'd hope. Yeah, I mean, it's – I guess in my mind, even to say, you know, Adam Gase, he may not even be there next year. So even if you're like, oh, well – I can, you know, I, I can wait another year. No, you have a chance possibly to go to New, play for a New York team, even though they play in New Jersey. I mean, I think you would want that. But uh, another thing I wanted to bring up, uh, were you proud? Even though he didn't play that many games at Pitt, you saw Tom DiNucci play at Pitt. Yes? Yeah, Ben DiNucci making his start. Ben DiNucci, debut, sorry. Last night for the Cowboys. I mean, that game, I had to switch that off. By half <laughs> you gotta you gotta give credit to the Pine Richland legend Ben DiNucci for you know making it as the Cowboys seventh round pick, you know, earning his way onto that team, you know, stepping up when Don last week 
But, you know, this is the Ben DiNucci we saw at Pitt my freshman year. This is the Ben DiNucci that <laughs> lost the quarterback battle to Kenny Pickett. He's just yeah. – it, it's just, you Ben DiNucci was. <laughs> it reminds me of something that I was really excited about in 2018, and I don't know if you remember this. And I never, I never went – you know, to check to see if this was an actual record. But in my mind, it had to be. And it was um, most starting quarterbacks under center in any week from one university. And in 2018, it was Nathan Peterman starting for the Bills, Tom Savage starting for Houston, and Joe Flacco starting for Baltimore. And I know Joe Flacco didn't play here long, and he only took four snaps, but he was still in the pit uniform, bottom line. What other university could yeah. say that? Well, guess what? Well, guess what? There are more yeah. there are more pit backups with starting quarterback jobs in the NFL this season than Penn State starters. So that's hey, just a fact. Hey, hey, there we go, Bo. I like that fact. Great way to end the segment. Thank you, Bo. I appreciate it. That's a good one. That's a good one. I'm gonna add that to the list here. You have a good day. I'll talk to you next week. All right, that was Ben Bobek. Bo knows college football. Yes, he does. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that segment. I enjoyed talking college football. With him. Sorry, Ben DiNucci. I said Tom. I don't know. My apologies. I knew your name. I just screwed it up there. I did. I screwed it up. All right, well, after this short break, we're going to get to the National Basketball Association. And I've got sports you don't know about. But first, this read. Are you located in a state with legal online sports betting? Are you? Are you? Don't make a bet this season before you visit thepropsnetwork.com. Thepropsnetwork.com has you covered with free bets and special bonus deals from all the top U.S. online sports books. Get $3 free bets. $3 free bets. I got to change this here to the Props Network. And up to $600 risk-free at Unibet. Claim up to $1,000 signing bonus bundle from DraftKings Sportsbook. Or try PointsBet Sportsbook with four risk-free bets totaling up to $1,000 using promo code BONUSPROPS. The Props Network is also the only betting news site with live NFL odds for every game. So you can shop the comps and know you're getting the biggest payout possible before you lock in your bet. Do your bankroll a favor and check out thepropsnetwork.com. You must be 21 and over to bet online. Do you or someone you know have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER today. All right, we're moving on to the National Basketball Association. And I got a few things to get into here today with the NBA. And the first one is should the NBA restart in December or January? Now, I've read a couple of things that say there's a $1 billion loss. The NBA is saying that they could lose a billion dollars if there's a January start. But does it feel like everything is falling on the players? And not just, not just with the NBA, but for the Olympics. Everything that's going on seems to be about. Now, obviously, the players are going to earn money for playing. But the owners don't want to lose money. 
in the Olympics. Are, do you even know who's in the Olympics outside of the dream team? If they still call them that. I mean, I guess the first one was originally called the dream team with Michael Jordan and Charles Barkley and yada, yada, yada. But the, are there any even any stars in the Olympics? Reading the article on uh, ESPN.com, they talk about the absence of fans could cost the league more than $4 billion. $4 billion in lost revenue. $4 billion. And the NBA and the MBPA are still at odds on the start of the season. Because realistically, if you're if 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 the, the league is saying we want a shortened 72-game regular season that's going to start three days before Christmas, December 22nd, and they want to have the NBA finals done before the Summer Olympics in July. If you're a player, you're just like, oh, okay. All right. But I know in the end, if you're the NBPA and you're saying that, then the NBA is going to say, okay, well, you're losing money. We're all, they're all losing money. That's already a given. But I think for the players, It's normally, you know, the NBA finals ends in June and you start training camp in October. For some teams, you're done in April. But for those final two teams and one player on the championship, Lakers controls the NBA. And I'm sure everybody, especially on the NBA league side, okay, it's not fair to say it. Okay, I'm saying it in jest, but we know it's LeBron James. And if LeBron James is saying, yeah, you can start in December, but I'm not going to play, is the NBA okay with that? And if the NBA is okay with that and other stars saying, I'm not going to play either, then maybe it's okay. Because the bottom line is you're asking the league to turn around, the players to turn around and start a season seven weeks after the NBA Finals ended. Not months, not July, August, September, three months, maybe you say October, if it's kind of like training camp, it's easier. Seven weeks, that's under two months. You're like, hey, you got to start playing again. The NBA's revenue was down 10% to $8.3 billion in 2019 and 2020. From a business perspective, it's tough to lose 10%. But you also, if you want to look on the bright side, you still got $8.3 billion. Is that okay? What they're looking at is not just that they want them to start. Because the thing is, I'm sure in your mind, in my mind, I'm like, what's a month? Okay, let's say the player said, can we start MLK Day, January 19th or whatever. I'm not even sure what day it is in next January. If they're saying, can you give us another three weeks and the league is saying, no, we can't, and you're trying to wrap your head around, well, why can't you? Well, it's because in many ways, what you have here is a bad scenario where the league can't afford to not start the 2021 season on time, or else it could be catastrophic for the league. But the bottom line is everything hinges on the players. So maybe the players are like, hmm, everything's hinged on the players. Can we just start our own league? Ah, okay, you want to rip up the CBA? All right. All right, we're done then. Okay, we're going to start our own basketball league. And that's the end of the NBA. 
I know it's a ridiculous thought. It's a ridiculous scenario. It's like, no, that's out of, that's no way that's happening. And probably, no way it is. But I guess technically, if you're saying that you're going to rip up the CBA and you want to say, okay, uh, it's not playing basketball. Oh, you want to start our own league. You could. It's kind of crazy. The Jazz were sold for $1.6 billion to the Qualtrics' Ryan Smith. No idea who he is, but I love the fact that he's a Jazz super fan and now he's your owner. I just want to say shout out to him. I hope the Jets do it. At least he's he's buying a team that is winning. And they have a bright future. And I wish them the best. I actually did like it when I uh, when we would go to Utah. It's really neat. What's a little more than neat? Mike D'Antoni joins Steve Nash on the Brooklyn Nets staff. They're going to be good. They are going to be good. Get your NBA championship bet in now. Remember, I told you about the Nets last week. Go to propsnetwork.com. Do your homework. I'm not helping you out right now. Do your homework. Then you can put a bet in because they're going to be good. Mike D'Antoni and Steve Nash. Woo. Kyrie Irving. Kevin Durant. And maybe another player that you can bring in that should have been all NBA. But you're still good if you get Spencer Dinwiddie back and Karis LeVert. That's a good young team. Now back to LeBron James, Anthony Edwards uh, was holding his pro day, Clutch Sports Pro Day. And after his pro day performance and the rumors and things I've been reading about LaMelo Ball, his draft stock going down after some poor interviews, which you don't know, it could be rumors. But when you have... LeBron James and uh, Anthony Davis coming to your pro day workout. That's a pretty good day. And, and that alone, that alone, I imagine, can in many ways bring up your draft stop. Draymond Green and Quavo were there too. I mean, just bring the whole Clutch family. And soon that'll be all every player in the NBA is going to want to be with Clutch as, as the rate is going. I know there were some agents that were upset that somehow Rich Paul got into the bubble, even though no agents were supposed to be allowed to the NBA bubble. Well, helps to be best friends with LeBron. Helps to be for friends with LeBron. 76ers named Daryl Morey, new GM. Daryl Morey is the new president of basketball operations with the general manager, Elton Brand. Excuse me, I, I misspoke there. So that team's going to be good. Another another uh, pick I told you to get in. For NBA champion, you know, you hedge your bets. Get them all in there. Why not? But back to Anthony Edwards. Is this a new thing of workouts? Like in team facilities, if I'm a top pick, maybe I don't want to go to a team's facilities to work out. I don't need to. I'm just going to start having my pro day, like in the NFL. And, I mean, I know the NFL player, you know, the draft picks, they still go to work out for the teams. But it seems like this COVID has maybe in some ways started something new where more players are going to start going to the 
they're going to have their own pro day and they're going to be going to their agents to have these facilities. As I'm looking at the chat here, I got a, a, a chat here from Mr. Chris Lat, Crystal Yats. I don't know what I'm, I'm saying something wrong here, but he said Flacco was trash. Clutch players were pretty much the only players getting paid during the COVID shutdown. You're right about that. Clutch Sports, which is Rich Paul, but in many ways is LeBron James. For, for many of you who don't know, even when you're watching the Barber uh, Barbershop show, which I'm forgetting the name of it, but all those guys are all LeBron's guys, and I love it because they are a unit and they work together and there is no uh, stopping them. You're not stopping this train. LeBron James will be running the NBA someday. He'll probably be like, well, the thing that's tough is I don't know. I don't know. At some point you got to say, well, if I'm an owner, I've got to really separate myself from Rich Paul. But how can you do that when every major event you see LeBron James and Rich Paul and Clutch Sports represented there? I don't know how it's going to work, but I'm sure it's probably the biggest problem for the NBA to try to figure out. And it's also one that they will never, ever talk about because they don't want to hurt LeBron James. They don't want to hurt LeBron James. All right, coming up next, I'm going to play devil's advocate. And I think AJ Hinch and Detroit are a good match. I think they are a good match. But I am also in many ways really, really, really uh disappointed in major league baseball and i'll explain why after this short read because i i got a, i got a lot to talk about i got a lot to talk about BetMGM is a new online sportsbook that is taking over the online betting nation not only does BetMGM have some of the best odds some of the best odds on all the major sports but they also offer some of the industry's strongest weekly promos this week at betmgm you can get a free 20 dollars in-play wager when you bet 50 dollars or more on any live nfl game or you can get up to 100 dollars in free bets in the free to play pick three first touchdown nfl challenge and as always you get $10 in free bets in the Money Monday Club. And that's what's happening today because it's Monday. But that's not all. Right now, BetMGM has a special signing bonus for the Props Network listeners. All you have to do is create a new account at BetMGM and use the code JustSport20 to get a 100% match on your first deposit of up to $500. That's right. Just enter the code JustSport20 and up to $500 is yours. It's yours. You must be 21 and over to bet online do you or someone you know have a gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER today so we're going to get into sports you don't know about Ben Bobek is going to come back on in a little bit because he brought up a sport that I didn't really know about and we're going to talk about it but first we're going to stop start here with my segment called devil's advocate as I, as I can't spell here um A.J. Hinch 
and the Detroit Tigers are a good match. And the reason why I think that they are a good match is because A.J. Hinch and, and many of the Houston Astros players and front office people in the organization, the coaches, their record is all tainted. And for A.J. Hinch, he has to start from the bottom. And the Detroit Tigers are, if not at the bottom, right near it, right? I mean, I would say they're at the bottom. Would you say they're at the bottom? They certainly haven't been in the playoffs in a long time. Their best player, actually, the irony of what makes, you know, makes the the irony that he's now with Detroit is J.D. Martinez, actually Jeff Luno, said that he is one of the players he let get away in all of his analysis. He didn't believe in J.D. Martinez. And J.D. Martinez is on the Detroit Tigers. They were 23-35 and in this shortened 60-game regular season. Second worst team in the American League and the third worst team in all of Major League Baseball next year, last year. So I think A.J. Hinch having to start from the bottom is good for him. He will always have a second uh, or people will doubt it if he wins and wonder if he is cheating or the team is cheating, even though it is on record, so to speak, that he wasn't the one that brought the cheating to the team. Bottom line, bottom line, he is the manager that allowed it to continue. That's the bottom line. And I am still listening to The Edge. It's a great podcast about the Astros and the cheating scandal, if you want to check it out, um, with uh, Ben Ryder, who's actually, if you don't know who that is, you'll know because he was the writer for Sports Illustrated, who Jeff Luno let him, you know, in 2015, uh, immerse himself into their organization and learn about all their analytics and all of that kind of stuff. And he predicted... Uh, ben Ryder did that Jeff Luno or the Astros will win the World Series in 2017. Didn't know they were cheating though. But AJ Hinch was the manager then. He heard the banging of the trash can. Oh, yeah. Maybe you don't know if he knows about if there was a buzzer or not. Allegedly, you know, the players were wearing buzzers to tell him what pitch was coming. At least we know of one player. I don't even like saying their names. I really don't. Bothers me so much. It bothers me so much. Alex Cora was a coach who started in 2017 under A.J. Hinch in the Astros organization. Carlos Beltran was a player that was brought in as kind of like a mentor but I'm sure in many ways people knew that, you know, he was big on watching film, studying the pitchers and stealing signs the legal way, which I don't know what the legal way is. 
there can't possibly be a legal way. But that's what was happening. Those two players were apparently the culprits who got it started. But the bottom line is, how can you look at A.J. Hinch as a good manager and not look back at the fact that he allowed that to go, go on? He allowed for the monitor to be in the tunnel but still visible to a live game feed next to the trash can. And if you listen to the podcast, it's amazing how this great storytelling, by the way, great interviews that Ben Ryder got in kind of dissecting it from multiple angles, from a fan, from pitchers who were robbed, um, from Jeff Luno himself in the story that he did. And you can hear some sound bites from Jeff Luno. And obviously Ben Ryder was covering the team. But you'd have to think, right? A.J. Hinch must be okay with sign stealing. So there's always going to be doubt with him. There's just always going to be doubt. And, you know, I hope they do well. Never like for any manager or player to go down the way that they did. But, you know, I wish him the best. Whatever happens, happens. But I, in the end, that, I mean, so my first – Initial reaction is, okay, fine, he's back in the league. But Alex Cora is not back. He got fired from the, the manager of the Red Sox. And Carlos Beltran, who was set to take a new job as a manager of the Mets, may not ever coach again. But I just think it, it just doesn't seem right to say that Cora and Beltran are the, are the only culprits who should never get back in baseball again. I mean, in the end... Let's just do away with sign stealing. You won't. I know. It's part of the game. I get it. But I just don't like it. I just don't like it. What I do like is to tell you about sports you may not know about. I'm going to be brief here. Mumbai Indians, they sit atop the Indian Premier League points table with 18 points, 9-4 and record. They next play to end the season, the Sunrisers, Hyderabad in their last match of the season before they start the playoffs in Dubai. Good place to be playing cricket, Dubai. Nice and warm and cozy, beautiful city. So we'll see what happens in that game. Mumbai will probably win, of course. But I'm bringing in Ben Boback because he shared a sport with me. Hi, Ben. Hi, Bo. Excuse me. I got to get used to saying Bo. Darts. What's with darts? Bo, precision. It's all about. Let me bring this back over here. It's all about precision. You're there. You just boom, 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 and it's exhilarating, thrilling to watch. Great to bet on too. Okay, who's betting on darts? And are we talking about like in the bar darts, or is this like an actual, you know, uh, arena, so to speak, where they're playing darts? You'd be surprised. I don't know what it's like right now, but I've definitely seen clips in the past where the, like, not necessarily arena, but, like, maybe, like, large, dark conference room is pretty filled. And they get pretty excited. I mean, because it is, it is just like the bar. You're standing there, right? You got it up, and you're just firing at home. And they get, they get hyped. They get up for it. It's, it's exhilarating to watch. And, I mean, the accuracy, you know, you're not that far away. 
And obviously, you're not as uh, impaired as you would be playing darts at a bar. But <laughs> I mean, to get everything so precise, because you got to hit the right number at the right time. But I also feel like that, you know, being maybe a little inebriated adds to the challenge. It's, it, it's like playing on hard. I, I guess so. Okay. So this darts thing, is there anywhere you can bet on it? Yeah, I know. I know uh, my sports book at least bets. I'm sure, you know, we can get that up on the propsnetwork.com pretty soon. You know, over in Europe, over in Europe, it's it's pretty big. You know, the Australian Simon Whitlock on the Ooh. PDC Professional Art Corporation Home Tour went six and zero in an impressive showing this morning, and we saw just a few days ago Peter Wright with one of the coolest nicknames across all of sports, Snakebite. Snakebite! Took home the 2020 Unibet European Championship with an 11-4 victory over James Wade. Wow. So this is a real thing. This this is a real thing. You can get action. It's a real thing. And uh, that one team you mentioned are 6-0, like the Steelers are 7-0, huh? Yeah. Is it? Is this on the Simon season or Simon one game? The PDC. Okay, so they're the Pittsburgh Steelers of the PVC. Is this over the season, or you mean one day they went six and zero against another team? Right, that's what you mean, right? So I guess it's. I guess from from my understanding, it's like group play. So they have a bunch of different players, and he went six and zero on the day, and then tonight, tomorrow morning, they'll play a different group. In this, in the tour position. Ah, okay. So dart. So we now that's another sport we got to start tracking and giving you know giving our, our our viewers, our listeners, a few more odds. I've got one to share with you. Uh, fling golf. I know you like golf. Have you ever played or heard of fling golf? Is that is that the same as frisbee golf? No. So it's not the same as frisbee golf. I like to say it like this. Okay. You got a, a, you ever uh, see people with their dogs and they have the apparatus where it's like a long plastic stick with a little cup oh, on the end. You could put, yes, yes, okay. yes. So that's how I play golf. And I've been talking like about. With a regular, with a regular, with like a, hold on, I got one right here. With like a regular size golf ball. You play with a regular size golf ball. It's a little apparatus that's just like a golf uh, stick. Am I calling it right? I guess it's a golf stick, but it's plastic. I don't even know what they call it in fling golf, which is a shame because I have played it. Golf slingshot. Slingshot. And, and it's plastic and it has a little cup on the end. You put the golf ball in and you fling it down the course and you play on a regular course. It'd be a great way for you to play with your, your friends. Maybe you know somebody who's like, oh, I'm not really in the golf. You can say, go buy a fling golf club and, and they can play with you. And I'd love to get the tour junkies who are also here on the Props Network. I'd like to get their thoughts on fling golf. Um, maybe I could, you know, I know they're down in Augusta. Maybe... I could get down to Augusta. I can't imagine they let me play <laughs> fling golf down I there. See, I don't see you doing too well on Amen Corner with, with your little slingshot there. <laughs> <laughs> but it's great. And the thing is that even on the other side of it, you know, it's got the little fling. 
when the other side has got a flat edge for putting. So you you follow pars the same way, par three, par four, par five, and me and my dad and my brothers play. And yeah, it's, that's how. So I, I don't. Re- the sad thing is, I was looking for my my cards. I know I saved my card from because sometimes we only play nine. But I I think actually mostly we've only played nine. But I had one card from when we did play eighteen, and I can't find it. But I think I had like a plus. Eighty-two, huh? Does your arm get tired? No, not at all. I mean, and the thing is, it's you play everything is the same as golf. You know, you get your four players, and each person takes a turn from the tee. Then wherever your ball is, you go there, you pick it up, and you fling it from there. And you you can't you're not supposed to move, but I, we didn't one hundred percent follow the full instructions. But we walked up to the golf course. And I was like, wait, I, I walked in. I thought they were going to say, ha ha, that's a joke because they put on their website. It was in NASA, not, and they put on the website, hey, we welcome people to play fling golf. And you can rent the clubs there. I guess they're called clubs. Okay, I'm going to call them clubs. You can rent the clubs there. And they were like, yeah, you, you can go and play. And I was like, oh, I thought it was a joke, but it was real and we had a great time. So fling golf, that's it. Well, yeah. wonder if you can bet on that. Hey, listen, you're right over there at Pitt. There's that nice golf course right there by Shinley Park. We just need to get some clubs. We'll go over there and play. All right. All right. right. So we learned about darts and fling golf today. Thanks, Ben. I'll talk to you next week. Or I guess Thursday. I said next week. I meant Thursday because you're on the show now. Okay. Talk to you Thursday. See you. See you both. All right. So there you have it. That is the end of the show. Hope you learned something there. Now you can play darts or, or fling golf for all of you that actually get out of the course. Thank you very much for those of you that were watching live stream. For anybody listening on the pod, make sure you leave a review. You can listen to it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. Thanks both for coming on. He'll be now with us every week. I'm really excited about it to have him on and have somebody else to talk to. And hopefully Haley will be back next week with Haley's comments as well. If not Thursday, then maybe next week. You know what I'm about to say, everybody. Ciao for now.